Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I am here with my teammate, co-host, and the CEO of Canacuck Camps, Joe White. You know, Shay, this is really going to be uh, exciting because two of our aspiring young directors are with us today, and I can't wait for everyone to meet these two that you brought in for the show. I feel the same way. We've got a super important podcast today. This topic really is, uh, it's vital for all of us. It's called Growing in Community. And I actually want to open reading a scripture from Ephesians chapter 4. It's verses 15 and 16, and it says this. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is at the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. In other words, we as Christians, we grow in the context of community. And in my Bible, I just have this little note written, and I, I, I don't recall who said it, but it says circles are better than rows. And I just think that's a great picture of what the church is supposed to be. And sometimes we get confused, thinking that our faith is consistent of going to church on a Sunday and or a Wednesday, and, and that's it. But in reality, church takes place all week long uh, when we're face-to-face and shoulder-to-shoulder with people who share the faith, and that's how you grow. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Yeah, Shay, one of the things that people love the most about Kayland is that, that whatever age, whether single or married or, you know, older and should be retired or, you know, or young and exciting like you, Shay Robbins, or the, even the younger generation that we have with us today, uh, everybody has a community. You know, we're all, we go in bands everywhere we go. And, you know, we're kind of out of this Ecclesiastes chapter four, you know, kind of thinking where scripture says two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up the companion, but woe to the one who falls if there's not another to lift him up. And that's why we've chosen Michael and Lindsay Sloan. They're like camp's cutest couple. They're really awesome people. They help lead the K-Kawaii show. Michael over there in his Oklahoma State looking quarter zip with his guns up, uh, married this beautiful blonde from Orlando, Florida. Uh, and so Michael and Lizzie started working here back in 08, 09, 10, 11, 12. They started dating around 2014. A couple of years later, Mike Trichter, Michael tricked her and he put a ring on her finger and they went down to Orlando, tied the knot. The best part about the story is, is now they're here at Kanakuk in our community. The Sloans make our community better. Welcome to the show, Lindsay and Michael. Amazing. Joe, thank you so much. Quite the introduction. Uh, Shay, thank you for having us. You bet. Excited to be here, humbled, um, shocked when we initially got the email that we'd be, get to come on and speak about anything, let alone community. That's not an area I'd have really regarded as like myself to be an expert in. Lindsay, probably more so than I. Um, everything she does is fun and excellent, and she's so rare in that. Um, 
uh, yeah, very excited to be on and excited to share. You know, we're going to get into the difference between the two of you. <laughs> I think it's going to be a fun conversation. But just as an encouragement to you and just so our audience knows, the reason we chose you guys is you moved into our community and immediately got after it. I mean, it's like they had a, you have a dinner date with somebody every night. You watch kids all the time, Robin's kids, Houston kids, and allow us to go on date nights and allow moms to get to yoga for their sanity. And um, you guys have, I just watch you do community great. We've got mutual friends and Jane and Walter Kearns that, uh, you know, did community with you guys. And they, when you guys were moving to Branson, they, they gave us a heads up and they're like, you have got to know, get to know the Sloans. So uh, you, you may feel like you don't know much, but apparently Lindsay's rubbed off on you because uh, we know her as the life of the party. Uh, Lindsay, I want to start with you. Talk to us about just your personal experience with or without Christian community. What's your journey been like? Yeah, well, thanks for having us. We just feel like it's an honor to be here in the Branson community. It's something that we've looked up to for so long, and some of our favorite people are here. And so it was easy to jump in because it's like we have to get time with them. And if I can watch the Robbins kids for a few minutes to get time with Ashley, like that's a huge, huge win for me. So, um, yeah, I really didn't see community until I went to Samford University in Birmingham, Bow Wow Bulldogs. And that was really the first time, like, being removed from the sports that I played and the friends I had in high school. Sanford was the first place that I saw people doing life alongside each other and just had people encourage me, challenge me, take their face seriously. And so that was my first taste of community. And then I would say camp. It's always cheesy, but camp friends are the best friends, and I just have kept up with them for so long and have those people that I'm fully known with and can call and and challenge. But I did have a hard time after um, I did the Canacook Institute, which was incredible, just a gift of a year. But when I moved back to Orlando, I was a different person than I was in high school. And coming back, I didn't have solid friendships. And I worked in the business world and really had to go out and seek that. And I think the biggest lesson I learned is not to compare my communities and just to be present where you're at. And sometimes you have to be the first one to initiate an invite. And if there's people you want to get to know, have them over, go on a walk, find something that you love to do and bring them alongside. And sometimes it's a win. And sometimes you're like, that was awesome. I may not do that again, but you just have to try it out, I guess. You know, there's a lot of points where we can relate to that, you know, in different parts of your journey. Michael, how about you? So Lindsay is, she is the life of the party. Absolutely. She's so is Michael. He ha- he can be the life of a party. Well, you're the social chair in whatever environment you walk into. Michael is, he is the most outgoing, self-proclaimed introvert that I know. So I understand what you're saying. Give us our version of that question. What's kind of been your experience with or without Christian community? Yes, I, you know, this is turning into a Walter and Jane Kearns podcast. Um, I didn't really see it until I got sucked into K-Life with him in Stillwater. And I got to see um, him and a couple other guys and some women um, really living in community and living their life for the Lord. And that's really when it clicked to me. That's like, oh, no, I've gotten it wrong. So you're a college student. College student. Who at then the end of my college career. Serving in with, the K-Life ministry. Yes. Got it. And that gets me sucked back into 
the Canacuck world and I get to come work in the summer and that's where I'm seeing, you know, families like the the Sparks, the Kerns there, obviously, and I'm like, oh no, like I've missed the boat on what it means to live in community and what it looks like to do life with other believers. And so that really helped me um, just kind of like straighten my life and change the trajectory of my life towards serving the Lord. And that ends up, um, you know, we end up at the Institute, we end up dating, doing K-Life now at camp full time. And so that really one, probably two semesters of what I got to do with Walter basically discipling me and showing me what community looked like, that changed everything. Like that was a game changing year for my life. Joe, I'm not sure I've ever heard your story in regard to Christian community. Tell us a little bit <laughs> about your journey. Yeah, Shay, I'm, I'm just, this is so fun. Um, you know, y- y'all are my community a lot. Um, I just, I just got to point out, Michael, when, when we were, and I'll go back to it, Shay, but we were talking about, you know, Lindsay's talking about how, you know, how she builds community. And I saw Michael do the thing that builds community better than anything else in the world. As soon as Michael was pitched the microphone, he gave credit to Lindsay. And that's why this, these two people have such a cool community within their marriage. That's where community begins with your closest friend, your mommy, you know, your dad, your sister, your spouse, if you're married. And if you're a person like Michael, who's always praising the other person, giving the other person the glory, you're going to be guaranteed that people are going to want you in your community. But uh, yeah, Shay, the, the Canacook story I mean, it was, you know, it was mom and dad and Debbie, Joe and I for, you know, the first few years. And, you know, we had a great community. We were like super, super close. And my wife, like Lindsay, you know, she's a nut and she's the life of the party and she's funny and and she loves to pick on me and stuff. And so we, we had a community and then mom and dad, we were crazy about each other. And then and then they moved into a little bit of a different phase of of uh, leadership. And Debbie Joe and I started, you know, kind of out there getting it done and traveling and stuff. And and um, and it was just us for a while. And then our community grew. And we started seeing the value of team when we hired Kay Holiday and Chris Cooper and Richard Beach and these other great folks that grew Canacook into a community. And so I would say, Shay, for us, has been a growing experience. Now there's 130 of us here on full-time Canacook staff and the link here in the Institute and Kids Across America and all the all the KLAN people and all of us, frankly, whatever K entity we're all in, we're all buds. We all like to hang around each other. We love to have Christmas parties together. And um, yeah, community is a big deal around here. So Lindsay, you know, so we touched on the, your personality differences. As you guys jumped into Branson, like I said, I mean, I feel like you guys have been getting after it relationally. How have the the two of your, how did the, your two personalities work together? Like, do you have to meet, do you meet in the middle? Are you like-minded? Do you think the same? Like, how's that all worked out? Yeah, I think a lot of our story is just we divide and conquer. And there's a game night on Tuesdays that the Talberts host and, they're great examples. They're like, hey, we this is something easy for us to do is just host a game night. And we, the people have flocked to it. And so that is not really Michael's thing. He doesn't really love it. So Tuesday nights, I get to do that. And I'm fueled by people. It's so fun. I stay super late. And then that's where Michael can do his introvert time on Tuesdays, whatever that looks like. And then 
throughout the week just finding smaller groups that we can invest in or um, get to do that. But Tuesday night is like my night to go play games, have fun, and that's his night to do something that recharges him. So what it, what do you do? You know, to be fair, I went to the last game night for about 20 minutes, <laughs> which is pretty good. And <laughs> I didn't lose the game. So I'll make appearances. Um, <laughs> I am an avid audiobook guy. Uh, we've got a one-year-old chocolate lab that I love to take down to the camp lowers and play. He's a big jumper, big swimmer. Um, and he doesn't talk to me, which is amazing. So when I need introvert time, you just, you go to the thing that can't talk. Um, but I just get recharged by being alone. Like, even if it's like, I need to step away for five minutes during a day at camp and I can just go into a room and just be quiet and disappear for five minutes. Like that's just, I don't know why that's just valuable to me. And that five minutes can get me through the next five hours. So Lindsay, I don't know what would happen if we put her in a room alone for five minutes. It would, it would just not work. But, um, and it's not that I, I don't like people. I love people and I love getting to be around people. It just takes a lot for me. Um, it just drains me quickly. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me ask you guys, you have, very strategically inserted yourselves in the life of older families. So, you know, I know that I know the Houston's and the Robins, I don't know how many others that you've served, but, um, and actually these two are so great with kids. My kids have given them nicknames, Stuart and lemon. <laughs> and you guys are famous. I don't know why they, they came up we, with these names. We don't know why. I think it's comical, but, uh, <laughs> they talk about you guys all the time. Why? I mean, why waste your time as a young couple and and do that? I think this is like such a rare time in our life where we can, like we can do that. We don't have kids yet. And just an opportunity to learn from some of the greatest parents that we know. It's like so fun. And I think one of the biggest lessons we learn from camp is just to, to see a need and to fill a need. And that's just something where it's like, oh, that's easy for us to jump in and have fun and get to do that. And it's like, this is what we love to do. We love to have fun. We love to play and we love to learn from other people. So mm, it's, yeah. it's an easy thing to do. And Lindsay, she nailed it earlier when she said, you know, she was talking about like, man, if I can help the Houston's or the Robins, whoever it is, just babysit for two hours to grab five or 10 minutes with the parents, like that's worth it. Like that's 10 minutes that we wouldn't get any other way. Chad Hampsch taught me an awesome lesson, probably without realizing it, just saying like, hey, I would I would love to pursue all these guys at the Institute, but I just can't pursue that many guys. But if they ask me for time, I'll get them every time. And so that just taught me to fight for time with guys. Like there's no way like so many people would come up and just be like, hey, come do this with us, do this with us. And that just taught us the very valuable lesson and probably unintentionally so of what it looked like to grow community, to pursue people, whether it's babysitting to grab 10 minutes. Like we did that at the Institute every Thursday, I think with the Sparks. And we got Rachel and Colin for 10 minutes at the beginning and we got them at the end for 10 minutes. And it was like that 20 minutes was well worth the two hours of kids sitting. So, Michael, uh, being from Oklahoma State, uh, are, are you friends with Doug Goodwin, the the OU maniac, or Don Ford and Jennifer? Or are you got to stay in Stillwater you, you, with your friendships kind of north? Yes, you, friends with sinners and saints. <laughs> <laughs> mm, he's an equal opportunity guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots of listeners out there, Sloans, uh, that desire more in regard to biblical community. 
What, what advice do you have for them? Oh, I can go. Go ahead. I'll go. You warm up. Um, <laughs> man, I think uh, we, we touched on it just a little bit, but putting yourself out there. I think one of the things we hear so much from people who lack community is when you start to kind of dig in and ask questions, you know, what's it look like? Who are you around? They just aren't really putting themselves out there. And it can be really scary to put yourself out there sometimes. But it's just as simple as, hey, like, would love to get dinner with you. Let's go on a walk. And a lot of times it's finding what that person's interested in. And I would do this with um, K-Life through middle school and high school students. And we don't do this out of a checklist or um, any kind of selfish gain. We do it out of love, right? We want to build community with other believers, like-minded people, um, so that we can grow and get to do life with them. And so I had, um, you know, if you're, if you're into disc golf, let's go play. Like I'll play disc golf with you. You know, Paul kind of, he said, uh, like, I'm going to be all things to all people. And our community kind can function like that when it's like, Hey, if you're into chess, I'll learn how to play and we can play some chess together. And that's a small price to pay for me to get some time with you. So maybe you're, you love dogs. You're very much into duck hunting. Let's, let's go, you know, mess around with our labs for an hour, spend some time on the lower fields. And now, yes, we're doing dog time, but you and I have an hour now to converse, hang out, get to know each other. So just little things like that, finding out what people are interested in, putting yourself out there and making their interests, your interests, good place to start. Michael, I, I'm so glad you brought up the coming alongside. This, this is a great example. So um, on Friday morning, I just threw out a text to some young guys that I invest in. And I said, I got to build a goat barn on Friday. It's good Friday. It seems like a good day to build a goat barn. <laughs> good day for I a said, good Friday. I'll provide unlimited amounts of Red Bull and pulled pork. <laughs> and I had four, four guys jump on it just like that. And tomorrow, you know, on Friday, we'll get after it together, which, by the way, I'd love to extend invitation to. Well. Yeah, I was, I was looking forward to that. I haven't gotten the text yet. Let's, let's beef up the team. But but point being is, you know, I think we, we sometimes we just put this package on what Christian leaderships or Christian relationships are supposed to be like, like a Bible study every time, like life on life. It's just doing life. And when those guys come out and they help serve, like I get to teach them things that that many of them, I mean, tools that they've never even used, you know, and uh, we get to talk goats and I just want to inform the world about goats. And I'm just <laughs> glad to have some apprentices, you know, that can glean from my wisdom that I've learned from YouTube. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, it's just like, it's just such a practical way to, to put yourself out there. Let me come to you and do something you're already doing and be together. Beautiful. Lindsay. Yeah, I you're think, the one that's gifted this. Oh, Talk well, to us about it. I just think sometimes we think it has to be this big scheduled thing. And some of the greatest conversations I've had is just people saying, hey, I'm going to the store. You want to come with me? Or, hey, I'm just going for a walk. Would you like to come? And just taking the mo making the most of those conversations and being intentional. Like Lindsay Rother is one of the greatest at this. It's just she quick is. five minutes. At five minutes, she's intentional. She asks those hard questions, leaves you encouraged, and moves on. And that was something where five minutes with her was so encouraging to me. And it wasn't anything that was huge or scheduled. It was just bringing them, just coming, walking alongside you, asking those good questions, and then moving on. Like Rachel Sparks is also incredible at this of just 
she's able just to read people and walking. I know there's been so many times after chapel, we just walk to the parking lot together and it's just good conversation. So I think it doesn't have to be something huge or extreme. It, it could be little things that you love to do and just asking people to, to do it with you and knowing that um, people just want to be together and whatever that is, um, they'll have fun and, and learn from it. So it doesn't have to be crazy, just something simple and fun to do it. I think that, uh, Shay, getting back to what, you know, Michael really gave it away to me when he was, when he was, you know, like Michael is. I mean, even though if you're around Michael, he comes across to me like a fraternity president, kind of a, the way he, he, you know, carries himself at staff meetings. He's, 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 uh, he's just one of these guys you look up to naturally by the way he carries himself. But, but the way he gave, you know, the credit and the love to Lindsay, Shay, I, I think is the key to building community is just a philosophy of I'm third. That's what these podcasts are all about. You know, putting God first so the community is centered around the Lord. We talk like Jesus was there, not necessarily having to have the Bible open all the time, but we talk like Jesus is there. We use language like Jesus was there. We do things that, you know, that he would be fine being there at the party or the game time or whatever we're doing. But we also, you know, find in the Canticut communities, we put the other person second and ourselves third. I, I remember one year we had a, a gigantic, wonderful interior lineman named McJunkin from Texas, from the University of Texas. And he was probably about six four-ish and probably 275 or 80-ish. And he had this T-shirt on that was the philosophy of the team in those days, of the long-arm team. It had big team, a big team on the top, and a little me on the bottom. And for my money, Mike and Lindsay, that's why y'all are such a great community as a couple, because y'all are big team. We're, we're the Sloans. And then, and then little me, I'm Michael, and I'm uh, Lindsay. Um, but talk about uh, Michael and Lindsay, how the I'm third, just general life philosophy, how it gr grows into the fertilizer that makes community grow. Yeah, as far as community goes, I can look around at the guys in this world, in, just in my life, and I can tell you things about their character or things about their relationship to the Lord that I admire and want in my own life. And like, that's one of the reasons why, like I draw near to them. And, you know, we've, I think we've picked on every person now in the Canuck world, but let's like go with Jake Talbert, right? One of the kindest, most selfless guys I know. And I can be more prone uh, to be a little more sarcastic um, and just not like Jake. And so I love spending time with Jake because I get to watch how he operates and how he treats people. And I go, I want that in my life. I want to be a little bit more like Jake. And then, you know, you would just go around the table and every person around the table is like, I just want to be a little bit more like that person, like that person all the way around. Um, and so, and you know, you learn about yourself that way and you got to be honest with yourself as saying, okay, this is an area I'm weak in and here's an area I want to grow in. And you look for guys who can sharpen you in those areas, whether they know it or not. Like Jake has no idea that I secretly watch him trying to learn how to be a nicer guy. Is there Michael's any way we can edit watching. that to make it sound not as weird? <laughs> but um, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's just one example of many and thankful for it. 
I think, like, the Canica community rallies hard for people. Like, if there is someone that is in need of something, there is a meal train created, there are people at your door, like, even people moving, um, there are cars and cars lined up to move stuff to their new house or help them clean. Like, they, I have just learned so much in the last few months that we've been here of just, like, people just rallying hard, and I think that's something that, um, others can do and is just to fight for people and to see them where the, and meet them with their needs and see how you can help and just jump in. Um, and I think the can of cut community does that so well is just rallies for people. Joe, I'd circle back to just their example. So one of the ways they've served our family is, is to watch our kids on date nights. And I think about, you know, one of the things we talk about in this podcast that kind of comes out of Woodland Hills, our, our church, is is the concept of backup singers that that basically get behind the duet of marriage and sing the harmony behind the melody of uh, of a marriage. And so, when you guys come and you watch our kids, there's there's several layers of community that's happening. Number one, you're supporting our marriage. So my marriage is growing as a result of your I'm third service. Then amazing thing is happening is that my kids are getting to look up to somebody who is an intermediary, right? Like they see you as young and cool and hip and they see you living passionately for Jesus. They see you believing and reinforcing the things, same things that mom and dad do. And you become an example of the faith. So there's growth right there. And then we have those interactions where you get to see both the, um, things that we do well as a family and some of the things that we don't do so well as a family. And you can take notes and I know they're there, but you know, there's another layer of growth and community and, and all of that just happened because you chose to serve us. And, you know, and Shay, I, I just, I think that there, you know, there's community and then there's good community. And, you know, I just want to encourage everybody who feels a little bit lonely or maybe you feel like you're a part of a community, but you're but you're feeling that the community is uh, stagnant or stale or it's not going anywhere. Or maybe you walk away from the community and you feel just kind of kind of sick at your stomach because the community is maybe taking you backwards in the way you treat people and in your attitude and your faith. Well, I, I would just encourage you that, uh, you know, the blessing that we find around, you know, Kennecook land is that when, when community is there, you know, kind of our unstated goal is to, to make each other a lot more like Jesus. <laughs> and, and, and as y'all pointed out, we're not always, you know, bringing the Word of God into it, although silently in our hearts, we're bringing the Word of God into it. His community, we're always sharpening each other and trying to build the best in each other and find the best in each other and realize, you know, you don't have to have substances around to, to have a really, really, really good time because our crowd is probably the happiest crowd in the whole wide world. But but we, we want we want Jesus to be available for every conversation. And we want him to be at every game table. And we want him to be at the life of the party, which he would have been if he would have been there. And so when community happens around Kaylan, everybody walks away and goes, you know what? That was the funnest time of my life. Because when Christ is invited to the party, everybody walks away feeling like they too have gained from that community encounter. 
Yeah. So a big part of this conversation, the heart behind it is, you know, interacting with so many young people and and in particular, I would say college grads that are going off and they are starting a new life, building a life somewhere. And many of which experience great, great community, godly community at college. And in that transitional time of life, they they've really got two choices to make. Either I go out and I find community or I go out and I create community. And I really, I'd love to kind of close our conversation that way. And let's start with finding. What's, what's the best way? And, and this is great for families that are moving to a new community or um, high school students that are graduating, going off to college. Like it's super applicable. How do we go out and find godly community to grow in. I think you can start with the church, and um, whether that's joining, if you're a college grad, joining a young adult small group, or um, just being in a place where you have people of all different walks of life. That's something I love here at Canacuck is we can have a great conversation with the Robins or jump in over to at the Whites and learn something from both of them. And so being able to a place where you could... Um, I think a church is a great place to start and putting yourself out there in those groups and I think trying it a couple times before maybe moving on, but just not being afraid to to start something new and, and start there, I think. Yeah, I I have nothing to add. I mean, that's exactly what I was thinking is just, hey, you you go to the church, you try to jump in. And I think of stories where early in our time in Orlando, trying to get into young adult ministries and almost having to like kick a door down like we just could not fit in but we gave it a shot for about a year and then um we tried another place and ended up finding great community there and you just have to continue to put yourself out there and Mm. and give it a shot and i think that's the hardest part is whether it's at a church um, a young adult ministry anything like that you've just got to get out there and give it a try and i think a lot of people in my i was probably included in this when we first moved out on our own. And it was just like, okay, like, where's my community? I was just expecting it, like, you know, someone just to show up and scoop me up and carry me off to community. And that's just (laughs) not how it works. Like, you've got to get out there, be bold and take it on yourself. I like the part of your story is that you didn't give up, right? You There's a little bit of a grind to find it. Yeah. Yeah, and I would just warn, you know, our, our, our listeners, young or old, uh, don't compromise who you are to, to find friendships. I tell some of our single people, <laughs> that, that our wonderful single uh, directors who work around Canuck land, there's worse things than being single. And obviously, a person doesn't want to compromise themselves to, to get married and compromise their morals or their values to find a husband or find a wife. Likewise, there's worse things than not having a community. A community of people who are going to sharpen you and make you a better person, make you more like Christ. That's what you want. But for sure, <laughs> you know, as we tell our teenagers around Canuck land, you are who you're with. You know, bad company corrupts good morals. And and so uh, seeking people, as Michael said, that you admire and respect in the church or in another uh, parachurch ministry is the best place to find that. But if it doesn't make you more like Christ, don't be afraid, as Michael said, to get out and try somewhere else. Oh, I love that. I was reminded, I, I heard a saying, you're the average sum of the five people you spend the most time with. It's pretty good, well good practice to s- stop, think about, okay, well, who is that for me? And what are those people like? 
Mm. Pretty exposing. So let's talk about creating community. Um, there, there are situations, and and I really counsel a lot of college students that at their school are having a really hard time finding godly community. And to me, that just presents an opportunity to be a leader. And and so, Coach, you're as good at this as anybody. Where does somebody start in regard to creating <laughs> godly community? You know, it's so fun. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I'm so old, you know, um, and all of you guys are all, you're all young and you're, you know, y'all are all young and exciting and stuff, but uh, it's the funniest thing. I was in church and, um, and it was kind of dark. Everybody goes, meet somebody. And so I'm always looking for community, especially younger students, you know, college students and high school students that I can, you know, pour into and train them to become, you know, leaders in their school and their sports and stuff. And so I meet this kid and he's in eighth grade. And I go, what do you do? He said, I'm a quarterback. I said, well, have you ever invited the lineman to a state dinner? I just thought that up. He goes, no. I mean, what eighth grade quarterbacks ever thought about <laughs> yeah. that? And I go, well, let's take your lineman to state dinner. And I mean, the church is kind of dark. He's like, okay. And I go, I'll meet you at Saltgrass next Tuesday night. So he brings these big, lug, luggy old, you know, <laughs> so lime, he, he you brought know, them, didn't he? Huh? Kids to the dinner <laughs> and they eat, you know, the steak and everything, the plate and everything else. And then I'm like, why don't we start doing a Bible study? And they're like, okay. Well, now they're juniors. And they're, they're ready to go change the school. I mean, they're very good athletes. They become very good leaders. And, and so last week I said, tell us your testimony. And we went around and one of those linemen, he's 6'4", he, was, he weighs about two bucks 75 and, you know, probably a D1, you know, specimen. And, and he said, I started becoming a Christian the first night at the steak dinner. That's my first exposure to Jesus that I ever had. And so my answer to your question, Shay, is that communities everywhere, you know, it's in every conversation. All you got to do is just shake somebody's hand and say, hey, let's go get stay together. Bring your buddies while you're at it. You know, a mark of a great leader is somebody who, who sees a need and fills a need. And, and I just want to encourage people out there that, that are lacking, right? They're lacking biblical community. It's time to step up. This, that, that means that there is a great need in your little neck of the woods and it, it represents a great opportunity. And you get to be the one that builds that community. Um, and, and I'd be willing to bet that there's people around you that are starving. They're starving for somebody who really cares. They're starving for authenticity. They're starving for someone that will speak truth. And through prayer and a bunch of courage, God can do something really special in and through you. We'll close with that. And we want to thank you guys for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to spiritual growth. And with that, we'd love to pray for you. Father, we come to you today. We thank you for the Sloans and just what you've done in their life and the example that they've given uh, to us. I just want to pray for each one of our listeners, God, wherever they're at, kind of in their, their journey. I want to pray, God, that they that you would put them in a place where they would be surrounded by like-minded believers that help them to grow. And for those that are flying solo right now and that feel lonely, I want to pray, God, that you would just light a fire in their heart 
and that you would inspire them to move forward in courage and to create something that, that this world desperately needs and it is a godly community. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com. Mm-hmm.